for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. I have a uh, kind of a confession slash revelation and that is um, I love the medieval period, right? Um, and kind of the confessional part is that I kind of romanticize it, right? Uh, just everything about it, like the chivalry, uh, the the honor, the gallantry, the, the courage of, you know, the, the fighting men, the soldiers, and, you know, and, and so forth. I know a lot of it is unrealistic. I do know, uh, you know, there was pain and death and just diseases everywhere. And just that period is kind of, it's also called the Dark Ages, you know, for a very, you know, many dark reasons. Um, but, you know, like, I guess the books that I read, I love uh, fantasy. And fantasy is usually based on a, a version or section of medieval period and era. And even in Asia, and I grew up in the Western culture, so I kind of romanticize the, the European version of you know, medieval period. But even in Asia, we have the Three Kingdoms, right? And there's literally a book uh, or a series of books called The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. And it's called Romance for a reason because people romanticize kind of that period and the things related to that period. And sometimes I think it helps to know about this old kind of period to understand the Bible and its language and imagery and concepts. And I think a key concept in today's passage uh, that modern people, that we uh, as modern people, uh, may not be as familiar with is one of allegiance that we find in verse 17. So let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Romans chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. 
but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we continue, let me read verse 17 from today's passage again. In the NIV, it says, But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart to the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. There is that word that I was talking about before. Now, compare this to the NLT, the New Living Translation, that says, Thank God. Once you were sinners... Once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. See, they've taken out this whole allegiance concept altogether because, you know, one of the strengths of NLT is that it, it modernizes uh, the Bible and its language uh, especially. Now, I looked at the ESV and the King James. The ESV uses the word standard. King James or New King James uses the word doctrine. Now, um, I'm not the biggest fan of NIV, uh, not for the same reason as a lot of other people, but in this context, purely because of my personal romanticizing of the medieval period, I prefer the NIV wording of allegiance, right? As I explained and kind of confessed before. And there are lots of words throughout the passage that brings and ties uh, into this uh, theme and idea of allegiance. Uh, you know, kind of go back to your book, uh, to your Bible, to your Living Life book, and make notes of these words, in the NIV that is. It says uh, we have words like rain, lots and multiple, lots of uh, references uh, and repetitions of offering yourself, offer. We have the word master a couple of times, being under, obey, and obedience. And then uh, from verses 19, from verse 19 on, less romantically, we have the concept and theme of being slaves, uh, being prevalent. And, you know, as Paul says in verse 19, he's trying to use examples from everyday living and everyday life of that period. So as we saw yesterday, uh, in the first half of Romans chapter 6, sin and, or sinning isn't so much as a list of things and actions uh, that you do or you don't do, but it's um, the life that you live. That is more the idea that we saw, the life that you live. In today's passage, Paul is likening sin to a master or lord or king that you swear fealty to, right? So to whom do you swear your allegiance? Who or what is your master? Uh, who or what have you offered yourself to? Who or what do you follow? These are the related questions. So now do you understand yesterday's passage a little better, right? About life of sin and sin uh, in terms of life. You know, in the olden days, if you disobey your Lord or your master, it was, you know, much more than simple disobedience or kind of not doing or not following orders or doing what you were supposed to do. It was traitorous. You know, you were branded as a traitor and it was punishable usually by death. You know, back then, lots of things were punishable by death, I think, and apparently. And allegiance and fealty and loyalty were ideas that were very serious, like life or death kind of serious. So then again, the question from today's passage is, who do you obey? Do you obey God and his word, or do you obey sin? Now, we would say that, I mean, sin isn't a master or a lord or a personification, you know, and you're going a little too far. But that is, at the same time, what Paul, uh, the image that Paul is describing as, 
sin is a form of master that we put ourselves under, that we offer ourselves to, and that we swear fealty to. Then Paul goes on to say in verse 20 that, you know, what are the benefits of living under sin, of offering yourself to sin? And there is nothing. There is nothing. There is only death. But away from sin and under God, we have holiness. We receive holiness that leads to eternal life. And we can go back to the peace and assurance that we read about a couple of days ago at the beginning of chapter 5. So, but now, as I use a colloquial image uh, to describe allegiance, we have to put ourselves under the umbrella of Christ in order to be under God. We have to offer ourselves to God instead of sin. And this is a proactive thing that we have to do. We have to offer ourselves. We have to bring ourselves to the altar, uh, to the throne, to the table, different imagery throughout the Bible, offering ourselves to God because we are not our own. We would like to think that we are the masters of our own destiny, you know, that I am my own king and my own Lord and, and, and so forth. But the truth is that we are not our own. We are created beings. We have a creator. We have a master who is God, or we have a master who is sin. Which will you offer yourself to today? So a famous song with the words, Lord, I offer my life to you, titled, you know, Offer My Life. I'm sure a lot, almost every Christian knows that song in multiple languages. Uh, but, you know, I know that song wasn't really writ written in today's kind of an idea. Uh, but even as it talks about offering our lives to God, it's not just offering ourselves to God. It's not just about being used by God and for God in certain and different ways. It's actually about the alignment, the allegiance of our lives, our, who our master is, who we will obey, who we swear fealty to. That is what offering ourselves really at the core means. Are you under God or are you under sin? We have to confess God as our Lord, as our master, who we obey no matter what, because it is a matter of life and death, and it really is a matter of life and death. So who do you offer yourself to today? Let us offer ourselves to God and His holiness that we may live in eternal life. Amen. Let's pray. God, um, as the words to that song, really, indeed, we want to offer ourselves to you. Our past, our future, especially, O Lord, we offer to you, we bring to you, and we place ourselves under you, O God, the umbrella of Christ, that we may receive from you holiness that leads us to, that takes us to eternal life and into eternal life. Lord, especially during this time, we need life, O oh God. We need the assurance of life. We need salvation of life. As we place ourselves under you, O oh God, all that we have is all about you and all for you, O oh God. And we declare, Lord, as the Lord gives, as the Lord takes away, we want to obey you. We want to live for you and you alone. And God, as we do so, may you grant us your assurance and your peace once again. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Sing your world, all that's happening in closer. See you.